the All-ACC Conference teams have been selected, and Syracuse represented multiple times, plus some recruiting talk in terms of Syracuse basketball. There's a lot to cover, maybe even an ACC basketball tournament preview on the men's side. Let's have some fun. It's your Locked On Syracuse Tuesday, and it starts for right now. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome into Lockdown Syracuse. And thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. A lot to talk about today. We've got all ACC teams have been announced. We've got a big recruiting possibility for Syracuse being announced tonight. And then you've got the ACC tournament getting underway today with the first round games. Syracuse played its way into a bye narrowly into that first round by they play tomorrow which will be wednesday at noon uh so we'll preview the whole tournament today tomorrow we will preview syracuse's matchup and then hopefully the rest of the week we progress into more and more acc tournament coverage as you hope syracuse plays a few games down this stretch uh we'll start off today we have our all acc teams have been announced and syracuse represented multiple times a couple of things to note there, right? You've got your first nod is going to be to Jesse Edwards, an all-ACC third-team nod uh, with 54 overall votes. And then you've got Judah Mintz just, just missed the third-team slot with 50 votes. I believe he was uh, three people out, or 40 votes. He was three people out uh, from also making that third-team nod, but he gets an honorable mention. Uh, your all ACC freshman team includes Judah Mintz in a really, really close battle for freshman player of the year between Judah and Kyle Filipowski. That is, I, I think, just about as 1A and 1B as you get in terms of player of the year for the freshman class there. Filipowski with an outstanding season for Duke. You look at his stat line this season, average 15 points. rebounds per game, 42% from the field compared to Judah, who was averaging, where is that, 16 points per game. So the nod in the points per game, rebounding average 2.3 points per game. Assists, he was averaging just over, what, three or four a game, I believe. Uh, A good nod in terms of assists. I think he ended up averaging about four and change per game if I'm doing quick math right now. Uh, And then from the field was just about 45%. So it's a really, really close battle. And I I do think it stinks because that would have been so cool for Judah to have come in and had the season that he did and the growth that he showed and walk out of here ACC freshman of the year or go into his next season ACC freshman of the year. Uh, And he just missed it out. And I think a lot of times when you have those conversations and you're trying to figure out who to vote for in that scenario, you frequently default to the person who has the same impact, right? They're both impacting their teams tremendously. And you look at the team that had more success. And this season, that was Duke. Duke, a far more successful team this year in terms of record, in terms of stats, 
in terms of building an NCAA tournament resume, right? This was a Duke team that is going to play in the tournament and they're 23 and eight and they're led by Filipowski as opposed to Syracuse, who's led by Judah Mintz. However, they're 17 and 14. So I think that's what might sway a lot of people. The voting was just about as close as can be. Filipowski with 75 votes, Mintz with 72 votes. So three vote difference in terms of who your ACC freshman player of the year is. Uh, it would have been really awesome to see Judah get that nod. Falls just short, uh, but still a tremendous, tremendous season for him. Uh, and awesome to see him make the all-freshman team. Syracuse's first all-freshman nod since O'Shea in 2017-2018, and only the fourth all-freshman player uh, or all-freshman team player since Syracuse joined the uh, the ACC. So you've got Judah as one this year. You've got O'Shea, as we mentioned, 2017-2018. You've got Tyler Ennis, 2013-14, and then you have Malachi, 2015-16. Um, good company for Judah at this point in time. Uh, and it's it's something that you're you're excited to see, obviously, right? You would have loved to see that he gets the nod. He gets the ACC Freshman Player of the Year. And it's frustrating. I don't think you've got to, you know, call for heads of people that voted for Filipowski by any means. That was a really, really tough decision. Two guys with outstanding freshman seasons. Uh, and the fact that it was so close is a true nod to that uh, and no one else. I would say if you're going to be angry at people, maybe you're angry at the people that voted outside of those two. Tyrese Proctor got some nods from Duke. I don't really know how you're going there. J.J. Starling, if you're thinking Central New York, uh, was on the all-freshman team as well. Derek Lively as well. Uh, you know, Duke pretty much owns the all-freshman team with three guys, Syracuse with Judah Mintz getting there, and then Starling from Notre Dame on that list as well. Uh, I, I thought it was a good run uh, and a fun year and things like that. Close, no cigar there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of Jesse now, third team nod. I wish I could say I, I think he should have been a second team. I think third team's where he belongs. Based on votes, he had 54 votes. The slowest votes on the second team was 132, so he wasn't really on the fringe or on that threshold at all. Third team is where he belongs right now, uh, and good for him. He also, you know, when you look at some of these other uh, all-tournament, or not all-tournament, all-conference nods, Jesse Edwards on your all-defensive team. He also, this is a cool one, uh, received 13 votes for Defensive Player of the Year, but a couple of votes for Most Improved Player as well, which is good to show, uh, you know, that the ACC and the conference, even though he was pretty solid last year, not to take away from him, is giving him some of that credit uh, to close out this season. Nice to see that from Jesse. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit non-Syracuse with this regard. Uh, my surprise here is Isaiah Wong who is incredible uh, and is your, your ACC player of the year. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought that Tyree Appleby was going to get a little more respect to his name. Tyree Appleby got the third most votes uh, for first team, which means Armando Baycott was above him. Isaiah Wong, obviously above him. And I just look at the stats. And I mean, no disrespect to Isaiah Wong. He played an unbelievable season, is an outstanding player. But how do you lead the ACC in points per game 
and assists per game and second in the conference in steals per game and finished third in the conference in terms of all ACC player of the year. I don't get it. I think that's a little bit disrespectful to the guy. Uh, I mean, I, I said it. Congrats to Isaiah Wong. Good for you. It's impressive. I get it. Miami won the ACC. That's where you get some credit. But still, I, I look at numbers. I look at stats. And I want this to be a stat that's indicative of that. Right? Appleby averaged three more points per game, three more assists per game, and almost half a steal more per game than Isaiah Wong. Yes, Miami had a better season, but still, Wake had a decent season this year. Not incredible, but a decent year. And he played far and beyond statistically better than Wong did, right? Three more assists per game, three more points per game, half more steal per game. I think that is a big enough gap in terms of statistics to warrant him having supposed to have been the ACC player of the year. I wish he could have gotten it. Uh, because seeing guys from, you know, you're non-big, and I, I get that Miami's not a big squad either uh, in terms of, you know, ACC powerhouse with basketball. So it's still going there. But I, I do think that Appleby was deserving of that nod. A couple more things to close this out. I mean, first, Syracuse has had some relative recent success in terms of ACC rankings or and ACC all-conference teams. Yet Buddy was first team last year. Hughes first team in 2020, uh, 2015, Rakeem Christmas first team, CJ Fair first team 2014. Uh, you've had decent success despite the struggles in the last two or three years. You know, Quincy was a third team in 21, Ellen Griffin, honorable mention in 2021. You had some success. Uh, I, I still want to see someone in that ACC player of the year conversation for Syracuse. Maybe, just maybe year two Judah, if he decides to come back, could be in that conversation. Who knows? Let's take a quick break. Let's talk about our friends over from Built Bar. If you are looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. We just started talking about Built Bar, and we've always been talking about Built Bar. I don't know what I'm saying. Just started talking about them. And what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right. It's real chocolate. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but the bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait around for your delivery to make a box get to your house for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built bars at Built.com. You can still do that. But also, go ahead. Get them at your local Walmart. Get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs from Walmart. Or... Go to your local Sam's Club, grab a 13-bar box of the hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro, and then you can thank me later. All right, we talked all ACC nods. Jesse with a third-team nod. All-defensive team. Judah Mintz with the honorable mention, with your ACC player of the year runner-up, or freshman of the year runner-up. You had some conversations there. You had some nods. Let's talk a little bit about the big news in terms of Syracuse basketball today. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Syracuse, in the top three for Marcus Adams Jr., Marcus has had some tremendous, tremendous skyrocketing in terms of where he is launched from when we first talked to him and when Syracuse first talked to him 
to where he is now in terms of the rankings. He is skyrocketing uh, in these player rankings, and it's it's impressive. He is now number 29 on 24-7. When we first talked about him, uh, first interviewed him, he started unranked. He wasn't on these resumes. He wasn't on these recruiting sites. And now he's 29th in the country. Um, since the last time we were on with him, he was outside the top 100, things like that. Uh, let's check on three as well. Um, see where he falls because this guy has, has skyrocketed and he has a tremendous offer sheet and it's, it looks very close right now in terms of where he might fall. Um, that's tough. That's interesting. It's fun. And he decides at nine 30. Eastern time tonight. So six thirty, or it might be nine fifteen, I believe. Uh, Eastern time tonight, just after six o'clock his time. He's a California kid, um, but right now they have him uh, at eighty-two in your on three ranking. So he's still all over the place a little bit. People haven't quite seen enough of him. Syracuse got there first, and that does go a long way. And he really did like Syracuse, and he seemed genuinely excited about that Syracuse offer when we talked to him a month ago. I'll put the link in the description for that episode if you would like to, to go ahead and watch that. Uh, get caught up on Marcus Adams. You got some time today. Chat with him a little bit. Get refreshed on who this guy is, what type of player he is. He gets and has gotten Carmelo Anthony nods and Carmelo Anthony player comps. And I truly think he has a very similar play style. He can score at all three levels. He can get to the rim really effectively. He's got an unbelievable spin move on the drive to the basket. He finishes through contact. He can shoot the ball. He's got a really, really solid step back. I remember asking him, you know, between the spin move, which is unbelievable, like a power spin, uh, and the step back three that he hits so effectively and so frequently, what's the best move? And he said the step back is what he's done the most, but the spin move is coming up and is on the rise, and he can pull either of them. And I think that shows the nod to the versatility that he has as a player. This would be a huge addition to the 24 class, gigantic addition to the 24 class. Unfortunately, and this is where things start to hurt a little bit, is since Syracuse offered, and we had that conversation with Marcus, things have not been in with regards to Syracuse basketball. They struggled. There have been some issues. Fans are, uh, are enraged at different points in time. It happened. But now you're here in a chance following up a really, really good weekend. But this would be some of the brightest news that you could possibly find. Because if they bring him in, and if he lands with Syracuse, that would be a tremendous recruiting class. A really remarkable recruiting class in terms of what Syracuse does in the class of 24, because that would go such a long way in terms of how this goes, right? You have a four-star in Elijah Moore right now. You've got your number 87 player in the country. You've got a top 100 guy. If you could pull that off and bring in another top 100 guy, that would be outstanding and tremendous for that 2024 class and something that Syracuse hasn't seen in how long. Right? When is the last time that Syracuse has had two top 100 players in the same recruiting class? I'm trying to find it right now. Uh, it would be awesome, and you want to see it, and you want to find it. 
and I'm at 2018 right now and I still haven't seen it. We're going to keep going through until we find it. It's been a while. This is not something Syracuse does all too often. And per on three, it's a very, very, very close decision. Uh, it seems like their metrics, their answers, their conversations have shown that you are going to most likely see either Kansas or Syracuse. UCLA is the hometown school. On three's metrics do not have UCLA really warranting a ton of conversation. Now, they're not always perfect, right? You saw that with Judah Mintz flipping, coming to Syracuse, things like that. It happens, but the projections are not showing UCLA. The projections are showing it's somewhere either Kansas or Syracuse. And I think that conversation comes down to a few things. One of them is NIL opportunities. It really is. And that's always going to be the case as we move forward in these conversations. And another one has to do with where you can fall in terms of pecking order, in terms of importance, in terms of stardom. I think that goes a long way. 2016, last time Syracuse did it with Tyus Battle and Matthew Moyer uh, and Torian Thompson in terms of where you've got your last multiple top 100 players class. So it has been seven years, eight years since that's happened. It's been a while. Nine years. No, eight, seven years. My math is shot. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 3. Eight years. No, nine years, 24. Maron, that's terrible. Uh, but either way, when you look at Marcus Adams and you look at this conversation, I think you can look and find Syracuse as a team that presents the bigger opportunity for him to be a bigger player, right? You look at uh, what you've got in terms of Kansas and things like that, where you try to find who they bring in and, and what they can do. And I, I look at Kansas right now and, and you see they have no one in the 24 class, which is relevant, but they've got a number 11 class in the class of 23 including the number 34 player in the country as a combo guard uh, and a shooting guard. So they don't quite have that forward size, so maybe he could go in there. Um, but you've got some players in there and some players at Kansas uh, that are in that conversation and, and could hurt him minutes-wise, stardom-wise, things like that, where Syracuse would present him the opportunity to be a bigger name and a bigger player uh, and, and something like that. So it is interesting. It's a conversation. I'm not exactly sure where it falls. On three has Kansas with a slight edge. Uh, he's, they've got Kansas as the 39% favorite. And Syracuse, I believe, is at 33 or 34% in terms of the projection. 35%. So it's really close. So it's 39% Kansas, 35% Syracuse. So really, really close. I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope he comes to Syracuse. That would be awesome. Uh, UCLA is a 10% at this point in time. So Syracuse in the top three. They got there first. They present a good opportunity. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I hope he comes here. That would be awesome. He's a good kid. I think he has so much potential. I remember watching his, his highlights the first time I heard of him and seeing that conversation and seeing where things have gone and having him on the show. I would be so excited to, to bring him in. Uh, and have him in orange because I think this is such a high potential guy with a ceiling that that you can't even fathom just yet. That is how good he is. I don't think you've quite touched a ceiling 
uh, and figured out where things could go with this kid. And that is the potential that he brings to the table. Uh, and that's why I, I look at him and I'm just so excited to see what can happen as things go from here. All right, let's take another break. Let's talk a little bit about FanDuel Sportsbook. We are surpassed the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I bet against them the other day. I'm not doing it again. Let's go with the Warriors. Minus four tonight against the Thunder. Warriors on the road, but I do like the way they played right now. I like the last time I watched them. I don't watch a, a boatload of the NBA, but when the last time I saw them, they absolutely were dominant. Uh, so let's roll with the Warriors on that one. Minus four uh, as my pick of the day. That is by no means betting advice. That is just me telling you a pick. That when I look at the, show, at the sheet and I look at the lines for today, I thought it didn't look terrible. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Maybe you throw Curry points in there. Maybe you throw uh, some assists in there, three-pointers made, assists. Who cares? Throw a couple in there, spice the game up. So if you don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go FanDuel.com slash locked on, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. Let's close this out with a little bit of chatter about the ACC tournament. ACC tourney kicking off today or tipping off today, I guess would be a better way to phrase that. Uh, it is fortunate for Syracuse because they were really, really close to having to play in that opening game and having to play in game one uh, on Tuesday or not game one on Tuesday. It would have been game two uh, on Tuesday. So today, uh, but fortunately, uh, Boston College did not get a win, and Syracuse stays in the Wednesday game. So the nooner on Wednesday. Uh, today's games, right, you got Florida State, Georgia Tech. If I'm predicting, I would go Georgia Tech on that one. I love the way they've been playing lately. Uh, your 430, BC, Louisville. I'd go BC on that. And then your 7 p.m., uh, let's go Virginia Tech over Notre Dame. I think the Hokies are still good enough. Uh, to win, even though they've had some some worrisome, some strugglesome moments uh, as things go from there. Uh, Wednesday's games, that's where things get funky. Uh, if we predict, right, we're talking Syracuse Wake, I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about all of that on tomorrow's episode. We do have special guests for tomorrow's episode. Be very excited. I'm excited. I don't know where to think from there. Uh, let's go macro here. Let's make a prediction. Uh, in terms of where things go from here as we look at this. So let's talk. Miami's your one seed. Duke's your four seed. Virginia, the two seed. Clemson, the three seed. I'm just looking at the bracket right now. I'm going to go bold, and this is infuriating because I hate it. I really hate that I'm about to say this. I think John Shire wins the ACC tournament in year one. I don't, I'm not entirely sold on Miami. They're good, not great. They've win games. They've won one against Duke. They lost one against Duke. I think if they square off, Duke wins the rubber match, the grudge match there. Uh, and, and then you look at the other side where you, you've got a Clemson team that is by no means great. They're very vulnerable. 
a Virginia team that is good, not great. And, and I like Duke. I like the size that they have and, and the difficulties that they present as a result of that size. And it's something that I, I bring to the table and I am curious about. Virginia and Duke have only played one time this season. Virginia did win that one. Uh, it was an overtime game, if you remember that. It was a controversial finish. Uh, and I think if Duke and Virginia square off in the final, then uh, they they might be uh, ready to to throw some hands in terms of getting on the victorious side of that. Uh, so that would be my prediction uh, as we go through there. Uh, a couple of shout outs today. Uh, Bergeron, from what I've seen, has been turning some heads as we expected him to. He's been fun. He's had good reps at the combine. It's fun to see those highlights pop up. Seems like he's getting a lot of smiles, a lot of positive comments, a lot of good rep comments. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that. Continue to watch that as things go through and continue on. Uh, Sean Tucker has had some remarks as well. He was on there uh, doing some interviews the other day. I was checking those out. Uh, so some Syracuse guys at the combine continuing to expand in their, you know, branding, trying to be known, trying to sell themselves, rightfully so. We've seen what they can do. Fun to see the rest of the world see what they can do. All right, that's going to do it for today. If you are still looking for a little bit more, you can check out Lockdown College Basketball, Isaac, Isaac Shade, Andy Patton, especially right now as we're previewing at conference tournaments. And we're getting into single elimination march where every game means more. Check out Lockdown uh, College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to Lockdown Syracuse. We'll have you again tomorrow as we preview the round two matchup, the Wednesday nooner game. That's Syracuse territory. They own the Wednesday nooner. It's Syracuse. It's Wake Forest. The rematch tomorrow. We'll preview it. Uh, if you're looking for more, subscribe right here. Another video right here. Hopefully, I'll remember to put the Marcus Adams interview down in the description. Uh, have a good one. Enjoy your Tuesday. It's tournament time, and we'll catch you tomorrow.